Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we talk about the anniversary event, the roster changes in the Overwatch League, and an unlikely Overwatch cameo. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the gameplay segment of uh, week 15 of the Overwatch, Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, yay, we're here. Kevin, how has your week of games been? Uh pretty okay uh hopping on overwatch for the first time this week just because of the event right now um got my whole six stack together just trying to grind it out get that uh carbon fiber skin for sigma as quickly as we can uh and then continue on with potentially playing in some competitive games um i've also been helping out a team scrim for an upcoming tournament so it's kind of weird to get back in the driver's seat of you know playing tank and being able to actually play a game like that but at the same time, it's a little exciting, uh, especially during quarantine. Um, how about you? How how is your team doing? Um. Well, we we lost we lost last week, but we got the win because like we're a bronze to gold team, and we were supposed to be facing against a bronze to gold team. Um. But they were playing platinum players on like roles that they shouldn't have been playing. So like, it's okay if they're platinum a certain role, so as long as they don't play that role. Um, but yeah, like they were playing a plat healer the entire time. And like, we didn't realize it till the very end. So since that's against the rules of our league, like they gave, we got the win. Although the other team got like really, really upset about it because like they technically, they did win, but they lost on a technicality. So I can see how they're frustrated, but, um, yeah. So that's where we're at this week. We're going to be, we're, we're getting better because like, even though we did lose, like we didn't, it wasn't a, a steamroll rollover. Um, we managed to finish the maps. we like, we, we got a few points off of them. Um, so hopefully this week we're going to be working on like countering a lot of the faster heroes, like Sombra working on our dive. Hopefully um, my team didn't realize that pulled pork was a way that you can refer to um, Arisa hog. So I taught them that this week, which has also prompted me to really want to make a pulled pork sandwich. So that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow, learning how to make pulled pork. I just got a uh, a Dutch oven today. So be learning how to use that. Although I think you just like stick it in the oven. And just invite me over if it, if it uh, turns out good or just, you know, mail it to me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do. We'll, we'll trade food in the mail. There we go. Are you playing anything outside of Overwatch? Like, I know you're playing Valorant. I just yesterday I just beat um Shadow of the Tomb Raider. No, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um so just in time for the anniversary event, although I still I'm debating on whether or not to get the last installation of the Tomb Raider um series just because like I, I feel like I want to finish it, but also like I feel the Uncharted series was a little bit better story wise. Yeah, I I agree um with the whole Tomb Raider aspect of it. Um, I, I wanted to play a lot of it, um, but I, I've only done the one that was on PC. Uh, so, yeah. Um, on my other show, my talk show that I host on Thursdays, um, 
we discussed Unreal Engine 5, um, which Ooh. is the new one, the new engine that's supposed to, you know, be released for the PS5. A lot of games that are working on the PS5 are going to be utilizing that. And it's supposed to bring in better textures in terms of like rocks and graphics and then yeah. better lumen, which helps with lighting. Um, and we put out a question, um, which was like, what game would you like to see redone in Unreal Engine 5? And I said, like, just imagine like a really nice Tomb Raider game in in that in Unreal Engine 5, I feel like would be just a great way to bring more people in. Um, not only was the one that I played like solid, I feel like if it had better graphics and could fully utilize, you know, 4K and all that, um, it would just be amazing. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I also spent the time watching that Ghost of Tsushima uh, state of game, uh, which essentially is just like a developer's update of like what's going on with the game. How does it look? Uh, it's looking really cool, honestly. Uh, I think I'm probably going to pick that up when it drops. Uh, eventually, it's supposed to come out in like mid-July, but we will see. I- I'm really down to play that just because like I like Sekiro, but this is not Sekiro-esque. It's not like Dark Souls Sekiro. It's more like just doing your own thing and enjoying it. Um, kind of open world uh, exploration so far. So mm-hmm. uh, on top of that, I've been playing Valorant, uh, as you've mentioned. Um, there's a lot. Uh, I know lots of people are going to be calling me a traitor. Like, why? How, how dare you play Valorant when you when you have a podcast about Overwatch? Um <laughs> it it's just a different style of game like it's completely different i found myself doing tendencies from one game in the other game and it screwed me over multiple times uh not gonna lie in valorant um one of the things is like you're supposed to hold shift in order to walk quietly um so essentially you don't like walk around because your footsteps are super loud in that game so you want to walk quietly like if you have the time to rotate you you do it quietly um, if you hit shift as Reinhardt, you charge halfway across the map. Um, so <laughs> don't get that mixed up. You don't have to like hit shift all the time. Um, especially as a Reinhardt that's called feeding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's that I've, I've realized I've hit B, uh, in overwatch B is to buy in, in Valorant. There's like a buy menu. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. And then I play overwatch for like three days straight and then i find myself hitting h to try to buy stuff in valorant uh so uh, it, it is a back and forth it is just weird uh like things and nuances that i have to bounce between you know each game but honestly they're they're different for different reasons i like overwatch for the fast pace like action aspect of it but valorant right, is yeah. more of a tactical shooter you're you're like waiting in corners like reading where your opponent is like it is it's a quieter game it's a lot quieter but overwatch is still like fun and fast and like sometimes you need to just blast some euro beat uh and and just swing your hammer uh compared to sitting quietly waiting for your hot pocket to finish uh <laughs> while while the other team is trying to creep around and defuse the bomb so that's kind of how it is i wish i could play it it's i don't have a pc with windows to run it on i'm stuck with my mac which i I love mac computers i just wish that they could play games um 
All right. Anyway, so let's get into this week's games. So this was another twelve week. Or this was another twelve match week. Uh, seven games on Saturday. Uh, five games on Sunday. So day one, we had the Dynasty versus the Hunters, who the Hunters won it, zero to three. Spitfire versus the Dragons, zero and three. NYXL versus the Spark, three to one. Titans v Outlaws, zero and three. Mayhem versus Justice, three to one. The Gladiators versus the Uprising, two to three, and the Shock versus the Rain. Uh, the hero band this week was May Tracer, Orisa, and Moira, which I think made for a lot more um, fast and interesting compositions than we are used to seeing. Um, the map set was Control, Assault, Payload, Hybrid, and then back to Control. And um, this was the final week for the May Melee tournament. I don't remember them ever calling it the May Melee before. I thought it was they just called it the uh, the May tournament, but yeah, yeah. After this week, um, all the places have been solidified. Yeah, I, I didn't realize the name Slop until like later on. It was kind of weird. Like it was originally just called you know the mid season tournament or the May tournament, yeah. uh, and then they're just like, no, it's called the May Melee, and I'm like, uh, excuse me, like there was no flyer or anything with this on it. Like, let me know when this is happening. Yeah, like when I first heard that that name, I'm like, wait, have they been calling it this the entire time, and I'm just too dumb to realize it? But no, I'm I'm pretty sure that's true for this week. Um, all right, I've which ones I watched? I think I watched most of the ones that this weekend. I think I watched six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught the the shock versus the rain game. Um, That's the one of, one of the ones I didn't catch. Yeah, so I I just watched what it what it was. It was kind of kind of the same thing as last week. Not gonna lie. Uh, and then I did watch a little bit of the Dynasty versus Hunters game. Um, I just happened okay. to be awake at that time. So, um, all right, let's so let's go into that interesting one. things. Yeah. So Dynasty versus Hunters. Um, the Dynasty took a win off the Dragons last week which was surprising considering it's the dragons and the dynasty haven't been doing all too well. Um, but the dragons had beaten the hunters before. So that was a, hopefully a sign that they could come back out of their slump this week. Um, the hunters had never beaten the dynasty in two lifetime series going, Oh, seven and one going into this game. Um, but unfortunately the, the dynasty did take the loss to the hunters. Um, oh, and three, which was, just kind of really sad um in general i think that the soul dynasty don't have the same fire that they used to they they play very very slowly in general um i think it just was the hunters played better they had better uses of their ultimates the soul were able to like get to the point first and flip it quickly but there's like no follow through in their team um that that's really that's really i can't fault the hunters like i at this point we know that i don't like the hunters um i like jinmu but i don't like the hunters um but at this point just watching them play they played very cleanly they didn't do anything really weird they stuck with the meta um so i'm guessing i'm equivocate equivalenting it i'm that's that's the word equivalent right uh equivocate okay hold on (laughs) I'm equaling this my dislike for the hunters <laughs> to my dislike for like the Miami Heat. Like, I can't deny at this point that they're they're good. They're a good 
team where yeah they they get results they're a decent team i just don't like them just because i don't like them um but just showing how cleanly and aggressively they played today and the fact that they're like they've been able to get wins off like big teams even when they're not doing the the clown fiesta stuff so um i do have to congratulate the hunters on this game this was a like they're they're playing the dynasty which they're not the best right now but they showed that they do have like they they can play meta well. They just don't want to. It was a really weird game. When I was watching it, I was like, okay, the Hunters are doing normal stuff. They're playing regular, like, Overwatch vanilla right now. Um, I was waiting for, like, halfway through the second round for them to do something weird. Um, but honestly, like, if if I had to give it to something, like, not only was it like Jinmu's really like heads up plays, but also Leave being able to play the Echo really well. I felt um, threw off the the Dynasty a little bit. Um, there was one moment where I remember he copied like a Reinhardt, and all he did was use it to create space. Like he he barely landed any hits. He didn't even get a shatter, but all that did was force the other team to look at him while Jinmu just ulted them in the back. And I'm like. <laughs> okay this is like kind of like you know focusing 101 like i do understand you want to get rid of the rhine like in that in that moment you don't want them to have that option to go into something else but at the same time you can't disregard the fact that there is more damage uh somewhere else so um i just felt like they weren't focused uh they weren't focused when it came to this fight but at the same time like the hunters did it like 3-0 so they really did a good job of just like holding down what they needed to do. And this is kind of the momentum you want to roll with when you're going into something like a midseason tournament or what they call the May Melee. Yeah. Um, if anything, I would just like to see both these teams do in the future. It's it's not be so reliant on the ultimates for their pushes. Because I feel like that's at least in this round, that's what these teams did. They they played very slowly. Um, the hunters played a little bit faster than the dynasty, but it was just, it was like, they're just wait. Every fight was pretty much used for old generation and no one really tried to, to take it without it. It was just build, build, build then ult dump then build, 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 then just dump their ults. So, um, I think that if these teams in the future want to have any chance of going up against the top team, they need to learn how to do that because, all the best teams in the league right now, they they can take fights without ults, or they can take fights with maybe just one or two ults and pace themselves out, not just dump everything they have in one push. Yeah, it is about pacing and knowing that you can win it without an ult. If you can do it that way, then you just snowball your advantage even harder. So, uh, yeah, keep, keep that up. Uh, as long as you play like diligently and know what you're doing every single time uh you you are gonna win okay so let's move on to dragons v spitfire uh the dragons are still going very strong they they did lose to the dynasty last week but i mean what team doesn't have a bad day that was good for this whole dynasty and not too bad for the dragons um the london how spitfire however are they're just returning to to playing um they have an okay showing so far i still hate the names that they've chosen like Although I can't, I don't know how some of these people pick their, their names. Like 
the story that I've been told, I don't know if this is true at all. It sounds kind of just kind of racist is that they'll flip to an English dictionary and just pick a word they think sounds nice. Do you know if that's true at all? Uh, I've I've heard that with like names before where they're like um, one of the heads of like the esports department at the school. Um, his wife is named Ada just because like she's like if you wanted one that's closer to the top of the alphabet and that was easier to spell so <laughs> that's, hmm. that's apparently the the reason behind her name but like other than that i don't think i've heard of any other like exact uses like that okay because it's all though and there's another one on their team who like you really could have just picked a better name or if anything like don't pick another name, like pick a name that's in your language that you like and like force everybody else to learn it. Like Choi Hilbin or, or Jonak there. That's not English at all, but like the fans have, were forced to learn their names. And so they did. Yeah. Say Biobe right there. If you want to just... exactly like names like that, you, you just need to, well, we'll learn them. If you're good enough, we'll learn what your name is. Like give us a reason to like learn your name the... and we'll learn it. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so um, yeah, the last time these two teams was met was in 2019 in the play-ins, and the London won that four to three. But now these are completely new teams. Like London is not London that they used to be. So um, even though they they're bringing up the stat in the game, I don't think it really matters much because it's not like it's not like the dragons are going to get vengeance for that loss because they're not playing against the same people. Um, anyway, so this one did go Oh, and three in favor of the dragons because the dragons are just still so dominant. The spitfire did like they started out decently. Um, the dragons are just still more aggressive. The, I think part of the spitfires problem is they're picking they're kind of going Chengdu here. They're picking the unconventional heroes and like that. They don't have the best synergy on points. Like on garden, Bob's not a good ultimate to use, even though they were pulling that ash. Like there's too many places you can hide to get away from Bob's line of sight and minefield. Like, yes, it's denying some areas, but you can still get around that go high ground or just like dance around the mines a little bit. Um, on map two, uh, the London started strong. The, the map two was Anubis. Um, London started strong. They're very good. They're they're good like New York Excel is at stalling points. Um, they're able to to hold out um, for a, as long as they can, but they just don't have any follow up. They're not good at at doing damage and getting kills. Um, they they're just a very slow team. I think what they need to do is. In general, what this team needs is confidence. Um, they can hold when they have like good defensive points and they're able to set up, but when they're called to make a big play, it just it never goes out for them. Um, if you look at like London at their worst was on Gibraltar, um, the Dragons like it, it, they didn't even show up. Like they could have put their entire like back roster on this and still probably have capped it just fine london were backpedaling even before this match started 
they started very far back on their defense and as soon as like the dragon showed up london's like okay let's retreat let's retreat let's retreat and that's just them the entire match they they were able to get um a hold or close to a hold at the very end but it's just it's not enough when you have a team that's as aggressive and as skilled as the dragons um london needs to do a lot of rethinking and strategy yeah it it's all about like what is it once again you said like having confidence um it is a mental game where you need to know when to go it's one of those things that like i honestly have a hard time teaching even my players like sometimes you have to just do it you have to slap the nike logo on the back and just say just do it (laughs) you like for example like london tends to go in they have a very solid showing but then like they'll play it too safe they'll be like okay well we don't have numbers so we might as well back up but in my case i have to tell my players like hey you have the point fight on it until you die like you die on point it means that you're getting more tick you're you're going more plus so die on point like contest the point at that point i'm saying point way too many times but like (laughs) essentially like if you can get more percentage it's okay to feed and get more percentage than to back up and just let them have it because in the long run they're having to waste more resources to get you off the point it's just a way of thinking essentially they want to play it safe but it does cost them a little bit. Like, yeah, it might cost you your life. It might cost you a little bit of ultimate charge for them, but I'd rather have the percentage on the point, um, which may help later on in the game, because if you get a full team kill, that might not even give them a chance to recover. I feel bad for the Spitfire, really. this <laughs> like... I feel bad for a lot of these new these newer teams in that they're they're having to go through a lot of like developing their team dynamic at the same time that all this Corona stuff is happening, which clearly cannot be helping them. Yeah. It's hard enough to build a team, um, especially like in general, but it's even harder now that you can't meet up and just talk about certain plays with each other. So um, yeah, I do agree that they need time to get used to each other, but, also being in the same vicinity in order to just say like this is work like this is why i'm going to work here um it kind of helps you separate that home versus you know work mentality but right now we don't have that option i mean some teams have their team houses but then it's it's still like the stress of corona that's like probably still still making it hard for them like they don't have the fans to hype them up they don't have that home court advantage that they could normally rely on like other sports might have so there's always next season i guess yeah um, there, there is always next season so you you can i wouldn't say throw away the season but like use this time to learn moving on to the nyxl this versus the spark um the nyxl took a loss last week but like they're still looking like a pretty decent team in the asian circuit um they've only played the spark once before which was in 2019 stage four the New York XL won that three to two. Um, this week they went three and one against the Spark, and like honestly, it wasn't even close. 
Um, it was very sad showing for the spark. Like NYXL started very. Like, I think it was. I think Spark took this first one, and then New York XL took the other three, I believe. Um, so Spark started very strong on Busan. Um, they played more aggressively, which allowed them to control the points earlier. But as you go later into the game, it's it's like it, it's just very very clear that the New York XL are the stronger team. Like, if you look at, at Gibraltar. Libero was huge. He was Libero on that echo. He's another flex god, much like um, Rascal's a flex Rascal. god for the uh, San Francisco Shock. Libero here is just able to fly everywhere, get into their backline. Sticky bombs are, I think, still way too overpowered. Um, add that with the laser beam ability and also Libero's ability to play pretty much any hero so he can copy whoever he wants and do some damage on that um like also looking at <laughs> looking at map for blizzard world if you're watching the spark attack there's a point where you can clearly tell that like the new york excel just don't respect the shock at all um there's one point on the spark attack when they're going for point two um hoppa's just sitting in front of the turret and jonax farming ult that way they're just not they don't care at all how this is going. Um, I used to think that the Spark was a decent team. I thought I put them third on my Asian team ranking back when it was just the four teams playing together. But now that the Asian bracket has expanded, I, I don't know what happened. They just, they're collapsing. They're not performing like they did when um, they could kind of go not toe to toe with the Dragons, but they could hold their own against them. They kind of let their foot off the gas pedal after map one. They should have just let it let their momentum roll. But I do agree with their pickup. I feel like the pickup of Architect um, and having him and Godsby like kind of on the same team again might help with team chemistry, especially when it comes down to like a team like the Spark. Uh, They might need that in order to make that extra push to win. Do you think that they'll have enough time to incorporate Architect before they have to actually play in the May Melee? Because, I mean, those are the matches that count. Like, yes, these three last three weeks were important, but, like, the only ones that really matter are the ones that you're playing next week. Yeah, so here's, here's how I see this, like, playing out, at least for the Spark. They'll play their basic lineup for probably most of the time, but... If they need a widow or they need a hit scan, you know that they're going to put architect in. Um, when he was on the shock, we experimented with having him on Ana for a little bit. We had him on, you know, widow. He's known for being, you know, chandelier bastion, uh, <laughs> which you know that that is scary. Um, but yeah, it, I feel like he and Godsby would not only their old like history together, but also just being good like synergy players together um, might help them clutch out a couple of these games. Um, you also don't have to worry about Godsby being on like the hit scan. He's more used to being on uh, the projectile. So you could allow architect to kind of fill in certain spots that Godsby doesn't might not necessarily want to be in. I think the greatest strength of the NYXL right now is their stall game. Like 
they're able to hold out points for way longer than they should. And they're able to like, they're able to take fights that they shouldn't win, even when they're down a player advantage. Um, I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know what the secret is because most teams, when they try to trickle and stall, they can't do it. But the NYXL are, are doing it in a way that they're able to take these fights when they need to. So I think going into the May melee, the teams are going to have to figure out how to stop them from stalling because the, they, they're so good at running down the clock and putting pressure that way on teams without even like, even when fights when they're not going to win, like they're just running down the clock till the point where it's like, okay, we have to go now. We have to go now. We have to go now. And putting, putting that mental pressure on their opponents. Yeah, and they're really good at handling that. It, that's just what you get with experience, too. Like, the NYXL is just a solid, like, I, I wouldn't say an old man's club, but, like, they are definitely on the older side of the roster um, when it comes to players. But that's what they're known for doing. It's like, hey, like, if we put the pressure on them, we win these. So that's essentially what they've been doing. That's what they've been training to do. It's just, like, if we play the game slowly and get any percentage that we can out of here, we are going to win. Okay. So Titans V outlaws came next. Um, the tight, this was, I don't know if this was going to be a good match, but this was always going to be an entertaining match. I think, um, the Titans were on, are on a, they're in a very tough spot because they lost their entire roster, assigned new people last week. Um, the new Titans roster lost both of them last week. The outlaws are on a losing streak. Um, so both teams needed a win here. One team was going to get some, a win that they really needed. The outlaws did take it three to zero. Um, which I mean, it's not saying much considering you're facing against the, uh, the new Vancouver Titans who have not gotten a break since they've started. Um, but it, it was enough to put them securely in the ninth seed for the May melee. So, they didn't have to worry about being knocked out first round. Um, they don't have to qualify to play in the May tournament. They're in the May tournament. They're probably going to fall in the first round because they're going to be picked by a team that wants the easy win. So there's that struggle, but at least they're in it. Um, I think what was interesting is that Hydration was playing main tank instead of Muma. Um, we did have Dante and Lynxer starting, which I really like because... I think Linkser is scary on a lot of the snipers and the hit scan heroes. Um, but I think that the hydration instead of Muma actually worked really well. Um, the outlaws were, they, they kind of steamrolled over the, the Titans. Um, it's not really much to say here other than I think that hydration played, he played more team oriented than individually oriented like Muma plays like they both played the Winston very well but it's just that I think I would rely on hydration to come back and stay with the team more than I would Muma I think Muma is a very I think he's a glory seeker and I think maybe in the original way that the game was played back in season one it worked but now teams are smarter and they're like oh Muma is your weakling let's just kill Muma and then you guys fall apart because you're not there to shield them no matter what the rest of his team does without that main tank they're not the nyxl who can stall out and, and come back from a 5v6 so 
I really hope they do keep hydration in. I do think Muma needs to be benched until he learns how to how to come back to his team more. Um, the Outlaws were able to set a record this week. They have the fourth fastest push on Rialto, but I think when it comes to playing actual teams in the main melee, I think they're just going to collapse like they always do as much as I would like to see a win for them because I do like watching them as a team. I think that the Titans, they're, they're in a rough spot. They really haven't had any chance to breathe. Not all of the second win team is old enough, I think. I read, I heard to to play right now and to be signed, so they're stuck with just the six that are playing now, two of which I believe are across the world. I think, I can't remember who's in Europe, but I know KSA is in, uh, I think he's in, he's somewhere, I think in the Middle East or something. Um, so, so their ping is just atrocious, but they're, they're just in a rough spot. They, I don't think they had any chance of winning this just because of, of those factors. Um, they, the outlaws did get a win, but I feel it, it's really rough going for them. And I hope that the team ownership, the team management and the fans, like they do understand that they really don't have a chance right now because they haven't been given a chance. They haven't been given the tools they need. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait, honestly, on on the Titans. It's gonna take them a while to get their to get their groove going, um, especially moving up from contenders into here. It's just kind of a last minute, you know, throw together thing. But we'll definitely see how the rest of the players play uh, when they finally get in. Okay, Gladiators versus Uprising. This was a uh, uh, this was a weird one. This one went on for over two hours and i had i sat and watched all of it because the uprising were on their nine match losing streak they were two maps away from tying and three from surpassing their 14 map losing streak um they had a new player punk who came in as as a shield tank or he came in as a tank um the gladiators are coming off on a loss to paris um so they they they're kind of in a, a wonky they're they were kind of close to top tier but like falling into middle tier at this point and the reason why i watched this one is because the uprising finally won i think this is this is their second time winning the entire season uh i did not expect them to to beat a team like the gladiators who was i would say at least at least middle tier um and the thing is they pushed it to to six maps so even though like the league plans for like five in case of ties or like back and forth. They pushed it to six, which was just insane. I overall, the Boston looked really good. This wasn't a fluke. I don't think that I think the Boston uprising actually got better. Um, they showed that they were more aggressive, more decisive. Um, and, and I think their alt usage was better. I don't know what it was with the gladiators. They were, they seemed very distracted. There were times when, they forgot to touch the point a lot of the time. They just kind of let the point sit. So I don't know what was going on here. There's a lot of weird stuff. Boston actually showed some respectable play. Boston is now actually safe from elimination. I'm glad that they're getting a little bit together here. Uh, I just don't know how well later down the line it's going to help them. So uh, I'm glad that they took a win. Um, they need it. But at the same time, like the scene yeah. still needs a lot of work. Um, but 
you know, as long as you you got something under your belt, I think I think you're feeling. The question good. is, is like, how much did the addition of Punk as a tank have on this? Because Punk did have some really good play. Um, and another question is like, is that is this actually a? As much as I said, it's not a fluke. Is this actually a fluke though? Like, what happens when they next week? What happens when they face a better team? Um, honestly, I do think that this was this was a really bad loss for the gladiators because like if they were going to win, then they, they should have done it a lot faster. And the fact that it took them six maps to like, they, they were in this for six maps. So I think they were definitely playing down. It's like they could have won it, but they didn't, you know, like there, there was, there was a chance they could have done it, but they just played so messily. Yeah. Th- this is going to be one of those times where you watch the tapes and you feel bad about certain moves, but this is probably one of the better learning experiences for the gladiators. Like close matches, even if you like know that you got fatigued like later in the game, you have to realize like you're a professional. There's a reason why you were picked on this team and like you can and should deliver whenever you can. So I do understand like the gladiators might not have had a good showing this week, but Honestly, they're going to go back to the tapes. They're going to grind it out. They're going to figure out everything and yeah. hopefully turn it around for, you know, when the, once the main I mean, melee Both these teams around. are in the main melee, so they don't really have to worry as much. They still have a chance. But if the Gladiators play like this, then they're going to get knocked out pretty quickly. If the Boston Uprising can... They're on an upward trend. Like last week, they did pretty well against the Florida Mayhem. They didn't win, but they showed a little bit more improvement if they continue improving, then they I don't think they'll win, but they have a chance of at least maybe surviving that first round, if not bringing it pretty close. And then, so you watched the uh, Shock versus the Rain? Yes. Uh, this, this match was a steamroll, not going to lie. Uh, there's a lot that went into here. And honestly... If you look at the maps that they decided to play, it was Lee Zhang, Volskaya, uh, Junkertown, and you know it was a 3-0, so it was really quick. But the one thing that like I feel like teams have failed to like realize is don't pick maps that don't have a ceiling for Rascal. <laughs> okay, like if you pick, let's say hypothetically they went to Havana for like their their uh their earlier push right all they had to do is defend point a and then point b is pretty easy to go for and then c is just impossible for attackers but like allowing rascal to have the sky is essentially asking for a death sentence so just like contain the kid contain rascal and you should be okay but i do understand like you know this is a high caliber team um and the rain aren't like a terrible team they're like a middle tier team in my opinion but they just couldn't put it together here um i feel like it was also a sense of momentum Li Zhang was a 2-0 volskaya was a 2-0 um and then when it came to junkertown yes they made it all the way to the end of the map but um it's just the amount of aerial dominance that rascal can give to a team like san francisco um that really just 
puts a nail in the coffin. So I do understand like Baby Bay likes to play the Ash against it or McCree against it, but at the same time, it is still pretty like difficult to hold the guy down. I feel like at this point, the reason I haven't been watching the shock is because I expect this from them, you know, like I'll watch them if they lose, because it's, it's, it's that sense of what they lost, you know, like how I watched yeah. the Glass vs. Uprising because like I was so surprised day. that the Uprising won. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing as like during the the Kevin Durant era Warriors. Like you watched when they lost because you wanted to know how they lost rather than like, okay, they won again. Okay, they won again. Like it's starting to, it's like, oh, you know that they're facing off against X, Y, or Z. Like they're going to win. But at the same time, like, the shock, I feel like, have been, sh- well, no pun intended, but shook, like, quite a bit, uh, considering that they lost Sinatra, and now they lost Architect. Um, so, I I want to see what this team can give us, you know? Like, later down the line, we don't know, like, eventually, you know, like, Moth is going to retire, and Super is going to retire, um, or they're going to move on to something else, like, I, I know Moth is like a super genius. Like he's really cool to like hang out with, but like he's got bigger ambitions than just the Overwatch League. And Super could be like an easily transition to like a commentator or a desk analyst. Uh same way as like Custa, um, in a way. But honestly, I can if, if these guys leave, like who fills in their shoes? Who do you have? Like you I know that they have Smurf and now they have Violet or they had not Violet, they have Twilight. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how this team, uh, comes together, especially after the May melee, uh, there might be a lot of different shakeups in terms of like team chemistry and how it works. I think they'll be fine. Honestly, even, even without architect, like they've shown that they, they're the team, like you mentioned before, they're the team that makes the starters for other teams. Right. So yeah, I think that they have enough in place. Like they, they, the management knows what it's doing. The coaches know what they're doing. I think that they'll continue to be a strong team. I think when they sign new players, they're going to find people who are at least up to par to the legends that we have now. So, uh, I, I'm still expect even even down the line, I'm still expecting a lot from this team. But then again, look what happened to the Vancouver Titans. So. Um, not to say that I'm taking their success for granted. It's just, I expect them to be successful. Okay. So day two, we had charge V hunters, which was a three, two spark versus the spitfire, which was a three Oh, the fuel versus the eternal, which was an O and three in favor of the eternal, um, the fusion versus the Titans, which was three Oh, and the defiant versus the valiant, which was two and three. I watched the fuel versus eternal and the Fusion versus the Titans. Okay, so moving to Fusion versus Eternal. Um, the Fuel were on a winning streak. Um, so the, the thing was, my question for them was, how are they going to play up against a higher tier team, which I still think that the Eternal are being ranked too lowly by people who watch the Overwatch League and make their own fan power rankings. Like, y'all are sleeping on the Paris Eternal. Paris Eternal brought in Fielder last week, who is playing from Korea on really low ping, 
and he's still managing to to predict where um, an Echo or a Farah is in the air and take him down. So just imagine him being with his team, um, being able to practice with them and having decent internet. Like, come on. Uh, when it comes to the Eternal, like, I do agree. Like, people are sleeping on the Eternal as a team. They are a strong team. Um, I feel like, if anything, the main melee might be able to sh- prove to them, like, how strong this team is. Like, honestly, most people are just sleeping on them because they don't know who's on it or, like, what what the team is fully capable of. But they are they are a strong team. Um, they're They're like the sleeper pick. Like, you don't always have to bet on them but they are yeah like i don't like their logo i will say that but i like them as a team (laughs) um so if we like looking at maps one and two um they were really big for for highlighting certain players like map one on lijong fd god was huge especially on the night market map he kept getting these insane multi-man boops off of it and so fuel didn't even have a chance to really touch the point with him playing as Lucio, and that was that was kind of just very defining of, of this map is don't be around the edges because FD God's there. They keep going around the edges and keep getting booped off. Like, come on, Fuel, you should have learned this after the first two times of this happening. And so, F, so FD God shines on map one. Map two, um, it's another steamroll from Paris, but this time Nico is huge with his his echo play um i feel like a lot of these teams are now becoming defined by who can play their echo and so rascal is one of them nico maybe another one and libero so i think maybe they're three of the best in the league right now maybe dante has a chance if his team can get it together and give him enough support to play it but I mean, Anubis was just a, a master class in how good the Paris Eternal can be with that Echo. And then Junkertown, there's like nothing even to mention. Just another steamroll by Paris. Um, so I guess the question is, can Dallas pull it together against an upper tier team? No, they cannot. They are just being outclassed. And then it just felt like the Paris Eternal weren't taking them seriously at all. Not that there was any reason to, because they weren't making any notable plays. Um, so this is, uh, Paris's first three, you sweep since defeating London on opening weekend. And I really hope they do well on the May melee because I think they need to show all the people who don't think that they're a top tier team that yes, they have the skill. This is going to be the same thing as like the fusion when they first came in this season. Uh, the eternal are being slept on the entire time, but it's not until you prove it in game that you're like super dominant. Like the fusion proved it this year. Uh, Like Poco said, like we're probably the best team in the league and they're proving it right now. Um, So yeah, I I feel like, you know, the eternal just kind of need that wake up. I feel like the main melee is going to be the place to do it. Yeah. Um, So let's move into, I I think was the, the number one, talked about match of the entire weekend which was the fusion v titans um which was of course was a steamroll from the philadelphia fusion but which was mainly notable because our our favorite undefeated player in the overwatch league chipsa was in the starting lineup (laughs) and like 
funny moment at the very beginning. ZP was talking about it, and then they zoomed in on Chips's player profile picture and just showed his face very close up. And like you've all probably seen the picture right now, it's horrific. It's like quintessential neckbeard image, and it's just up close and all its glory. And one on one hand, I love ZP for for doing talking about it and making the meme continue. But also, I hate him for making me see that. And my question is, why are they playing Chips? Is it because they're playing against Vancouver? Um, what did he have to do to be a starter this week? Like, who did he pay off? What did he do? How does the team feel about this? Like, the meme is dead now. It's like Leo getting his Oscar. We can never make a joke about this again. Once Leo got that Oscar, we could never make, oh, Leo's never going to get an Oscar jokes. Now we can't make our... Is Chips ever going to play jokes? And he like he he finished this. He plays one map. He played an Oasis and he had like he had decent good play. Like yeah, he can play Doomfist. He had that one sad moment that kept getting replayed where he mistimed his his abilities and fell into the drink. But like sure, Chips lands thirteen final blows, second only to Carpe's fifteen. Um, that's really the only kind of of notable thing titans got some point progress when they were playing on volskaya so they didn't completely roll over they did put up a fight um towards the end of the uh the match philly is just completely rolling over the titans sato is teabagging he's he's emoting and dancing and i feel like that put a bad taste in my mouth because like i said the titans have have never had a chance at this point they're so new, they haven't had time to really sink it in, and of course they're going to lose. They're a bottom-tier team, and you as the Philly Fusion, as the top-ranked team, you're teabagging and emoting all over them, Sato? Like, that makes me feel like you're just a dick. I mean, the, here's the thing about, like, mind games when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like, it's okay, I honestly think, but, like, it's only okay if you're, like, the underdog. Like, if... Like, Sato, let's just say if, like, had a chance, so there's, like... What yeah. mind game are you playing? They're not going to win. Like, they never yeah, had a chance it's... to win. I don't think the Titans thought they were going to win. Like, they never. there's no alternate universe where the Titans win. In, yeah, infinity like... of alternate universes, the Titans have, are not winning this one. Yeah, exactly. I get, it, uh... I get the mind games, but, like, against the Vancouver Titans, that's a low blow. Yeah, if anything, like, it can come back and bite them later. Like, honestly... I feel like if you are facing off against a team that you know you had issues with, then yeah, it's okay. Or like, if you know that it's kind of like a friendly thing, like between Canada and US, like whenever they play, uh, there's a lot of, you know, teabagging <laughs> in that. But um, when it comes to like, you know, they're, they're fresh, they're welcome to like the, essentially this is like their first taste of the league. And like teabagging them, like, immediately then is kind of like a it is a dick move 100 like you have to like know the caliber of who you're messing with first before you like do that um but honestly like these guys are all professionals like if he if he does that you, you know somebody else is going to get him back later i hope uh, they do honestly if it if it's the titans like that's fine uh if it if it's not the titans like it, it doesn't matter like i feel like there's going to be a team that puts the fusion in their place like they might have gotten a little conceited but we'll see when it comes down to the main melee if they come out on top then yeah they've definitely proven their point but um we won't know until that happens yeah i mean like 
regardless of, of of dick moves aside like Sato did have really good Winston play. He was able to get in big dives and big damage, able to split up the team when he needed to. Um, very good primal rage. Um, yeah, I mean, that's all That's all I can really say about that. I mean, I, I wish that... Like, honestly, I think... I think that the League needs the, ten, the Titans right now more than the Titans need the League. Because if they just didn't have that team and they didn't have anybody to fill that really wrecks the, um, that wrecks the, the makeup of the league that wrecks investor um, confidence in the league. It just makes the league collapse faster. So they, they need this roster of Titans. The Titans roster doesn't need to be there. Like as individuals, they'd probably find another esport to play. They'd probably be able to go on with their lives without the overwatch league. Um, and like just the way that Sato treated them, it's like stealing candy from a baby, then peeing all over the baby. Like, yeah, you got the win, you got the candy. You don't need to insult the baby that you took it from. They're just trying to do their own thing. They're just there. Anyway, so after after that rather embarrassing steamroll, um, Chipsa got interviewed by Zoe at the very end, and like, I'm not a fan of Chipsa, but I do really appreciate how he plays along with the joke of being Chipsa. Um, apparently they announced him playing a week ago and I, I didn't know about it. Um, they put up, a, they put up a funny stat. Uh, Chipsa did not die a single time on, on Volskaya or Rialto in today's match. Also, he did not play on those maps. I like the way how he like rolled with the punches here. Uh, he knows that it's just very difficult in like his whole situation. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that he rolled with the jokes here. Uh, uh, now now he could at least say like you know he's actually had a taste of the league but i don't even know if this is even a taste or even like a like a sample like a costco sample of the league uh when you're facing off against the titans um essentially you just had a taste of contenders like that's that's all it is like you you got a you, you got a little like pre-appetizer into the into the league like i feel like it it's cool okay he got some screen time okay but he won't be fully tested until he's playing against a team that can actually challenge them. And at that point, we'll see if, you know, the Philadelphia Fusion actually play him. Um, like if it's a team like um, like NYXL or like the, the Dragons or you know, the Charge or, you know, one of those higher caliber teams, they're, you won't know unless he's in those games. For sure. All right, so all of the the May qualifiers are done. We're left with the actual um, May May turn May Melee tournament right now. I don't believe we have an actual hero pool for that. I think everything's free and open, so no worry about hero bans right now. Um, so the Asian region, the matchups are on Saturday. We're going to have the Hangzhou Spark versus the Seoul Dynasty. Um, game two is going to be the NYXL versus the Hunters. The Dragons are going to face the Spitfire. And on Sunday, the Guangzhou Charge had a bye. So whoever wins between Seoul and the Spark are going to face the Charge. And whoever wins between NYXL and Hunters is going to face Shanghai versus Spitfire. And then they're going to go... The winner of those matches is going to go off to the very end. I'm thinking the Spark are going to face off against the Charge. 
I think, and I think I'm going to put that charge moving on to the finals. I think the NYXL are going to hopefully steamroll the Hunters, and then it's going to be NYXL versus the Dragons who are going to be steamrolling the Spitfire. And then I'm guessing it's probably going to be Dragons versus Charge at the very end for Dragons to take it. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be really tough to watch these teams uh, go head to head, but definitely the uh, the Sunday game, the Saturday, uh, the Saturday games are definitely going to matter. But I feel like the Sunday games uh, will definitely see who shows up and who doesn't. Like, um, I feel like if the Spark beat the Dynasty and they play Architect um, against the Charge, they might have a chance. Um, and then same thing, I want to see the Dragons versus the Excelsior. And. I'm trying to see if they put up the uh, the May Melee standings for the Ameri- or the qualifying rounds, not the rounds, the schedule for the um, the the North American region. But right now, I'm looking at the the standings. Um, the Shocker on top, followed by the Mayhem, then Valiant, then Fusion, Eternal, Rain, Gladiators, Fuel, Outlaws, Justice, and Uprising. And the bottom two seeds are the Defiant versus the Titans. So um, whoever wins there is going to be actually in the tournament for our, our 12 teams. I haven't seen any like bracket for them right now, but I'm guessing they're probably going to wait until after Friday to set that bracket because then we'll have all the teams and then the top teams can pick who they want to play against. So um, I, I think... The Shock, Fusion, and Rain are probably going to be top three. I don't know who's going to make it to the fourth spot, but I'm still thinking that the Fusion are going to pull this one as a win. Yeah, it's going to be a test, a true test, honestly. Um, if the Fusion are as dominant as their record states, uh, they should be able to sweep this, but you know that there are going to be some teams that are willing to challenge them. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. And, you know, once again, unpredictability in competitive sports and competitive uh, media in general uh, is something that I really champion. So we have, you know, the May Melee coming up. Uh, Definitely looking forward to seeing who shows up and who doesn't. Um, And we'll definitely have that for you next week. And like you, like we've been saying, like the May Melee actual rounds are the only ones that really matter. And with how topsy-turvy the league has been and how sometimes an upset will come through, like there's been so many changes that whatever happens really happens. Like we can't, as well as some of these teams are doing, like we can't guarantee that like they're not going to pull a C9 or, or some team's not going to do a, a Boston Uprising and magically get, magically get good and, and take a win off a team that they really shouldn't. So that's actually, I'm really excited to see what happens. I think the fact that this is a a tournament, not just for uh, standing and for glory and actually has prize money is an interesting factor. And hopefully it'll inspire the teams to, to play even harder than they normally do, because there's a tangible reward at the end of this. It's, it's not the million dollars that they were hoping to win at the beginning of this season with the original mid-season tournament but it, it's still something anything else we want to talk about before we finish uh i don't think so i'm just really excited to see what the teams do especially coming into this next uh you know may melee uh i want to see what the top teams who they decide to pick on 
Um, some of them aren't going to pick, obviously, like, oh, we're just going to go bottom of the barrel, go 1-2, right? Um, some teams actually prefer a, a different matchup just because of the way how they know how they play. Um, so we'll see if there's any, like, interesting pickups. Like, um, does the Philly Fusion really want to only face off against, like, you know, Houston or something like that? Uh, will they pick up? What if they say, like, you know what, we want to play against, like, you know, Gladiators or if we want to play against Valiant? They might have like an idea of why they want to do that. Well, thanks for tuning in with us this week, everybody. Um, hopefully you get some good games. Hopefully you get the skins you want from the anniversary event. Um, yeah, well, we'll catch you next week with all the, the breakdown and results of that May Melee. And hopefully we get some interesting news from the world of Overwatch next week. So um, see you soon. Next week, we watch the mid-season tournament and any more roster surprises. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.